about quitting it's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you well stand by dig in deep and get ready to get fired up with us welcome to the team never quit podcast the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on i'm your host david rutt rutherford here with mr never quit himself marcus luttrell our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life to teach you the values of working your ass off and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, Buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Marcus, what was the favorite tennis match you loved to watch as a kid? What two, what two players? Man, Lindell and Becker. Well, those were good. McEnroe, Connor, McEnroe, Borg. Yeah, that man. Everett Navratilova. Um, Federer had a. What's it like a Michael Chang, Andre oh, Agassi. I mean, Agassi, I, I, baby. I, I, we love you, Andre. We do, man. I thoroughly enjoyed not only playing tennis but watching it. And I mean, it, tennis was on fire back then. I mean, you had to the, remember the pumps. Oh, the, the, the Reebok pumps. <laughs> had the tennis ball on the front side of the basketball. I love What's it. Up? The, the dude who invented that is actually on the board of combat flip flops with uh, Griff. Really? Yeah. Swear to God. Just, I, yeah. I mean, Agassi's shoe was. Jordans were out. Agassiz came out. There was levels of those. Uh, the CrossFit train or the cross trainer yeah. with the Velcro across the toe. The acid washed shorts. The red and black lava ones. I uh, saw a girl uh, at, a, at a hotel wearing some of those. Really? Yeah, some uh, a, what made it like, right, first off, I, I don't think many people understand that what, when you started playing tennis, how and all that. Describe that a little bit to everybody. No, I was little. I could play football or anything. I'd run over and uh, <laughs> a lot of my, you know, my, all the older guys were playing it. And, and we, so we just got by, by default in our crew. There were some guys in the neighborhood that played and, and we just kind of went into that. And then um, and once we picked up a coach, like I kind of coach every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every day after school, and then started playing the tournaments and stuff. You just, it just gets so. Uh, and I loved being out there. Something about it, man. And out there, looked forward to it so much. At the end, of, my brother and I to, to figure out who was going to have to clean the kitchen. We go down and play a set. Really, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and then we uh, we play now. He plays a lot. I I uh, I and I played on deployment in Uzbekistan. Me and and tennis. Huh. He still plays tennis? Oh, yeah, man. No kidding. Yeah, and uh, me and one of my brothers, they played yeah. the twins, and, and they were good, too. I lost out there in Uzbekistan. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, dude, I, I, I still, to this day, my, my mom put a racket in my hand by the, you know before anything. I mean, she played when she was growing up, real, real good player. Still awesome. I don't think I've ever beaten my mom. That's a tough pill to swallow, right? Oh, yeah, man. I'm a former Division One athlete, and I've never beaten my mom in tennis. The women, man, they're smooth and steady on that. Oh. On there. And you can smash it as hard as you want. I'm going to put clink. Yeah, you know, just make it like a fool. Uh, one of my coaches, Adrian Bay, he was a Wimbledon quarterfinalist, and um, 
I mean, the guys that string the rackets down like 52. Yeah, you know yeah right, right. And we go to, I, Morgan and I went to Newcomb's Tennis Ranch, too, in, uh, in the wintertime. And, yeah. And it's just kind of that whole, the finesse. And, when, you know, they look perfect. They got the perfect yeah. tan, white yeah, shorts, white shirts, yeah. and everything they do is they're they're just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and they're running you ragged out there on that other side. And, tink. and man, I just, the finesse on that. The problem with my tennis game was I don't have any depth perception. Yeah, and that's oh, a wow. big deal. That's challenging. Yeah, I couldn't figure out. Like, Mojo and I, I will whiff an overhead like you can't even believe, dude. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I was I would tow so many in a tournament, dude. I would literally have to wait for it to get down, and I would hit around it. Uh, yeah. Backhand or forehand. Because I would just tow that over the fence. You know, everybody's watching, like, good shot. Then the track, racket like, goes right oh, after yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, chase it. Go get it, then. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. Well, I'll tell you what, man, it is an incredible honor for the guy that we have coming on this show, who is by far one of the winningest tennis players in history. He has been at the top of his sport since he basically started within within the top three. And I know Wizard's going to give uh, some of the that, that bio here in a second. But before we get to that, welcome to the TNQ podcast. You are... Stand by for the volley we got in, for, in store for you today. Man, if you're a first-time listener, you're going to love the show. We thank you so much for checking us out. If you're back for more, uh, man, we love you having you. Thank you. It's because of you we're able to keep coming back. It's because of you we have these incredible sponsors now. All right, baby. I love it. Now, if you want to know more about who us, what we do, our shows, simply go to our website. That's www.tnqpodcast.com. Uh, you can find all our shows there, definitions. You can find all different kinds of things like merchandise, right? We've got great hats and shirts, all types of things for you there. Uh, you can listen to all of our shows. We've had Agassi on, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to get uh, uh, Billie Jean King to come on. I'm trying to get Navratilova. I'm trying to get all the greats, Fetter. Jimmy Connors. Yeah, oh, we're going to get them all, man. I've got my connections at the USTA, so we're, we're, I'm going to make that happen. Uh, but you can listen to us on every platform at... Uh, including Apple Podcasts, iTunes, CastBox. We're on Spotify now, Stitcher, and all other uh, mobile devices, desktop, everywhere you can find podcasts, we're there. If you want to follow us, the show is at Team TNQ Podcast. The team is at Team Never Quit, at Marcus Luttrell, at The Wizard TNQ, and I am at Team Frog Logic. All right, Wizard, give us a little background on, on this GOAT of his sport. He is that. David Wagner. He is an American wheelchair tennis player. He was uh, paralyzed when he was 21 years old from the mid-chest down, so he retains only about 30% function of his hands. He actually competes by taping the racket That's into sick. his hand. Um, so he competes in the quadriplegic division. He's currently ranked number one in the world in both singles and doubles, and he has consistently been ranked in the top three of this division since 2002. So he grew up in Fullerton, California. Um, eventually, his family moves to, to Washington State, where he goes to school. So the first exposure he actually had to tennis was in 94 um, when he was there. He says, all of a sudden, at 20 years, 20 years old, I got the tennis itch. I played until 2, 3, 4 in the morning on the weekends. Um, unfortunately, he was to, there was a, a tragic event when he was 21 in 1995 while visiting a friend in Redondo Beach, California, they were playing uh, 
frisbee on the beach, and I guess he went in the water for a catch. And just one of these just kind of freak accidents where he jumped for a catch, the wave knocked him over, he lands on his neck, um, instantly, you know, breaking his neck, and it's, it damages his spinal cord to the point where he was paralyzed at that point. He takes a year off from college, and during this, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more details about, you know, how he went through that process, but let's get to the recovery here, where he, he takes a year off of college, where he begins uh, actually practicing table tennis for part of his, his, uh, his re- rehabilitation, and he won a national championship for, in that sport for three years in a row between 97 and 99. Well, in 99, he has the opportunity um, to attend the training camp, uh, wheelchair tennis training camp, he said, I got that itch back immediately. It was back in big time. And that's an understatement because within the next couple of years, he goes pro. He ends up being ranked number one uh, by the International Tennis Federation World Rankings in quad doubles. And then over, I mean, since then, he has, and I'm just going to try to run through, he, he has three gold medals, two, I'm sorry, three gold medals, three silver medals, two bronze medals. He has won... In the Grand Slam singles titles, he's won six of those. He has won in the Grand Slam doubles, eight, six, that's somewhere near 20, I think. Safe to say, about 20 uh, wins in that. His total career record, and this is stunning, is 773 wins with 130 losses. Unbelievable. He just crushes this sport. It's absolutely incredible to see he's a phenom. He is a phenom, for sure, 100%. Man, well, I'm chomping at it a bit. This guy is going to have some insight that very few of our guests have. Let's get him on the show. Let's do it. Marcus, now, here's the deal. Since I was a boy... I was playing tennis, and I know you were too, right? Yep. And I know how you know how difficult it is to play the game of tennis well, right? Yes. How many? The, I know you're also, if you're anything like me, you've also thrown your racket once or twice by far, right? But that was part of the game. Part of the game. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. The guy we got on now, the guy has basically revolutionized wheelchair tennis. He Not only does he play the game exceptionally well, but he does it in a wheelchair. Now, for me, that is spectacular, bro. Absolutely. I don't know how hard to get. Yes. It's hard enough to play that game in, in competition style anyways, and to do it at his level uh, with his injury is absolutely a, an accomplishment, hands down. Hands down. All right. So let's not linger. Let's not loiter. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Team Never Quit, Mr. David Wagner. How you doing, sir? Hey. Hey, thanks. I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure. How 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 are you doing today? Where are you at? Where are you living? Uh, I'm down in Chula Vista, San Diego, California area. I live at one of the Olympic training sites down here, and so yep. I actually just 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 got off the court, uh, finished training for the day, and uh, yeah, it worked out perfect. Beautiful day down here in San Diego. The weather's perfect always is right always <laughs> is my my first place i lived when i was going through training was in chula vista oh yeah awesome yeah oh yeah 
Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah. great place out here. The, the center, the the training site's awesome, and uh, the city of Chula Vista owns it now, and uh, it's it's run doing really well, and lots of athletes, and it's it's awesome out here. So. What a there you ain't beating San Diego, that's for sure. All right, well let's <laughs> let's jump in. Now, before we get into really the the weight of the show, we've first gotta warm up. We've gotta limber up, if you will. We've gotta we've gotta work on some real deep rooted psychological evaluation of you. So are you pre- <laughs> are you prepared for our mad minute? I'll give it my best shot. Awesome, awesome. Marcus, fire away. All right, brother. First thought you had when you woke up this morning. Whew. Can't wait to get on the court, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, yeah. That's how you know you love yeah. it. I tell yeah. you know what it is. <laughs> what is your favorite memory from the past year? Whew. Favorite memory from the past year. Well, let's see. Let's see. Gosh, I don't know if I could pick just one. I've got so many great things that that I was part of. So, um, mm-hmm. I won my twelfth Belgian Open this year. Um, Whoa, 12th overall that's awesome! Title. So that was that was pretty good feeling. That that put that that definitely ranks up there at the top. Um, and then, of course, representing my country, uh, the USA, at uh, our World Team Cup event uh, every year was was definitely also up there. So, but uh, geez, I could probably talk for more than I could talk for 10 mad minutes about things that I really enjoyed this year. (laughs) Well, the question that pops in my head, why are you so dominant in Belgium, man? What is it about that place that you love so much? You know, I, I wish I knew. I, I wish I knew because then I could replicate it everywhere I went. Um, uh, (laughs) Right. The, 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 the people are awesome. I love, I love the people that put on the tournament um they they do a great job the the spectators that come out are great the volunteers are great the venue is wonderful um it's it's a small little town namur and uh it's just it's it's a cool place and i just have always played well there and and i just always loved it there so Hmm. that's awesome all right Hmm. now as an here's my question all right you ready as an olympic gold medalist if you could go back throughout history and talk to one of the great Olympians of all time or anybody, who would you love to have a sit down with and talk Olympics? Oh boy. Of, of all time and anybody in the Olympics. Yep. Oh, wow. Jeez. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Gee whiz. I, I mean, Carl Lewis would be great, right? I mean, that would yeah. be, that would be an interesting just just the whole story and his his going about it and everything he did would be would be phenomenal. But uh, that that would be gosh, that'd be a tough one to to pick. Again, it, you make it too hard to just pick one person. All <laughs> right, g- give me give me two more then, right off the top of your head. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be bad. Uh, the how about the first NBA or uh, basketball dream team? Talk to that whole yeah. team. That would right? be and, and sick. That was a hell of a get, team. That was get, awesome. Get, yeah, right. Get in their head and just see, Good like, deal. you know, what it what it truly meant to them. Because I think I think it was it meant more to them than 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 at the time they really even realized. And uh, and now I think if you could go back and you could talk to them about it now, I, th- I think they would definitely put that as one of their highlights of of their careers as well. So I, I would I think that would be fun to talk to them. 
And, uh, and of course I probably wouldn't rule out any, any, any uh, past Paralympians as well. So. That's cool. Oh, I remember when that dream team came together, man. Remember the cups you could collect? Oh, yeah. Oh, Dillon, man. Oh. McDonald's, everything. <laughs> That's the only time I ever yeah. did that. I, mean, I was like, I got to get every one of them cups. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Shirts, you name it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. All right, brother. What What is it about tennis you most enjoy? You know, actually, to be honest with you, what, what got me even started in tennis, which I still, which is what I still love about the sport today, uh, was it, it's a sport that I can go play with anybody. It doesn't have to be wheelchair versus wheelchair. I can play with people that are standing up. I can play with amputees. I can play with all types of disabilities, whether or not they use a chair or not, abilities and disabilities. And, and that's still true today. So I can play in three. I can be the fourth man in a, in a doubles pairing with three able-bodied people. I can be... Uh, three people in wheelchairs and one standing, you know, any combination. It can be one-on-one, one standing, one sitting. Just that that, that was truly what got me into tennis to begin with from, from the get-go. And now uh hasn't really changed for me. It's still one of the, the greatest uh, aspects of our sport is it's, it just extends to, to everybody. It's open to everybody, and everyone can play with everybody. It's not not like a wheelchair basketball or say wheelchair rugby where if you guys want to play me in basketball you must sit down and play uh and and in tennis you can stay standing the court's the same the net's the same the ball's the same the rackets are the same everything is the same except i'm allowed to have uh, the, the two bounces in wheelchair tennis and my my standing opponent would just have the one and so that that truly honestly is is what attracted me to the sport from the get-go and what has stayed with me uh ever since well, you know, growing up with tennis in my life, my mom was a two-time state champion in Michigan growing up, and so I, I, I've i loved it my whole life. And what I always said, what she would always say it is, you can play tennis with anybody through your whole life anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. There's courts yeah. everywhere, and at every level can be fun. You know, she has just as much fun at 73 playing with my kids now as she does playing with her husband or on her club team. And there, <laughs> sure. it really is this wonderful sport that can be shared across all all physical lines. And that's what I, that's it, such a great answer. It is. It, it truly is. I mean, it's it's a sport of sport for a lifetime, and it's not just a, a sport that you you only play. Uh, through high school or through college or, or just outside of college. But it, it truly is a sport for a lifetime. And, and like I said, it just uh, extends and there's, there's no barriers. It's, it's open for everyone. So, Very cool. Hmm. All right, I'm going to reach back here to a question we used to ask, but not so much anymore, but I love this question. If you were, what movie character would you play out in real life if you had the opportunity oh. and, and why? Oh, man. <laughs> Ah, let's see. If I could play out any movie character, jeez. I mean, it's pretty hard to go against Superman, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Especially I mean, the modern one, man. They've done right, a great job. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. I, a while back ago, maybe a couple of years ago, I was speaking to a friend of mine about that, and, and I was adamant that Superman is the best, right? You gotta, Superman is who you'd want to be. And he's like, no yeah. way, man, because, because like, Superman never ages, and he never gets older, and he never, like, you know, he can't really die. I mean, really, I guess. And he's like, think about all the people in your life that you would 
not have in your life anymore because every 80 to 100 years it'd be starting over with everybody <laughs> and i was like oh, yeah man wait 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 to look at it that way and i was like i still think it'd be <laughs> cool to be superman <laughs> yeah i'm going with it. it'd be pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah all right uh next question is what are the advantages that you have that other people don't have you mean like from a sports perspective or? Every perspective. Just the way you see things, the way you appreciate things. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I have anything that, that others don't have. I just, I just really enjoy what I do. And I think that's extremely important is, is to really love what you're doing. And, and I, I do. And so that, that makes it easy for me to wake up in the morning and, and as I said earlier, first thing I thought about was, all oh, right, I'm getting on the court this morning. It was still, still two hours away, but you know, stretching, warming up, getting ready, all of that. And, and that's something to look forward to. And, uh, if it's, if it's something that you truly do love and, and would do no matter what, uh, I, I think that's, that's a, a great way to go through life. If, if you're able to, to do what you love, uh, for sure for your life yeah absolutely that's simplified focus that's that's, that's fantastic. yeah yeah i mean I, I don't know if it sets me apart or if it if it if it i mean i feel like i'm very lucky and grateful for where i live here at the olympic training site and i'm surrounded by every single person here is, is in the same boat as i am they are motivated and and ready and training and and this is a daily grind here where where we're every day waking up and and you know i've got track and field athletes para paralympic track and field well olympic track and field athletes who are every day jumping on the on the tracks and and running running every day you know and working out and then i'm in the gym working out right next to you know the olympic gold medal uh shot put thrower right and so i'm i'm like you know i'm pushing him he's pushing me and and it's uh it's a fortunate place to be able to to live and train in that environment and it, it definitely i'm thankful for it and very grateful for it and it keeps you keeps me motivated so that's so awesome yeah mm -hmm. all right marcus last question all right brother favorite well we kind of covered all that one <laughs> all right, anyway, if you could compete in any other olympic sport besides tennis i mean you're working out with all those guys and which one of those sports do you do you really that you sit down and watch make a point to be Man. there when it's on well Yes, you know, I, I've, I've always been a sports fan my entire life. My, I remember, you know, growing up and, and my mom was a huge sports fan and, and it really didn't matter what, what it was, we would be watching it. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, I watched some of the BMX guys out here train, you know, and they, they drop in on a 40, 45, 50 foot ramp that, that, I mean, I swear it looks like it hits vertical and they drop down and, and they jump a 30 foot jump you know the first jump and then they make their their the first turn and they keep just their speed up and all of that and and i'll tell you what they do it and they make it look so easy they make it look so simple i i think to this day i could do it in my chair i'm like man they make it look so easy i know i could do that and i know i know it's not that easy i know i know it i, I know it can't be that easy and and i think that's like being an athlete myself, I, I feel like I, I'm aware of when another athlete makes their sport look so easy 
that, that the general public or another athlete just says, man, I could do that, that that's a compliment to them as to how good they are in their sport and, and uh, to, to make something that challenging look that easy. So, so for me, I mean, I'd have to say BMX would be pretty cool. Uh, on the winter side, I mean, the snowboarding, the half pipe and the, the snowboard cross looks pretty sweet. Um, but, but then I, you know, I also probably would love to get back and do something like the original, just the, the throwing, right? Shot putting. Yeah. yeah. And any of those traditional Olympic sports, wrestling, you know, any, anything that was from the, the original games would just be fun to, to, to be part of and, and take it to the highest level and see where you could go with it. So. So my son just got old enough to start riding a bicycle, so I jumped back into the uh, BMX racing all the way back to Rad. I tried to oh, find yeah. that whole movie, yeah. all, all right, and, and kind of blow through that yeah. because when I, I raced BMX, my brother and I did, and I wasn't any good whatsoever. And <laughs> you're right; it is a lot harder than it looks. So when it oh, came uh, when it came time for my son to get one, he wasn't just going to get one of those huffies, right? I was in there uh, going back <laughs> online with 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 Hutch at GT Racing, Diamondback. Yeah. Just to make sure I, I would enjoy him riding that, that badass bike. Yeah, that's there cool. That's, BMX that's all the way, man. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely right. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, you watch those guys out here. We've got some, some gnarly tracks out here at the training center. We've got a replica of the um, London track and a replica of the Beijing track. And uh, and so it's it was built for basically our guys to train on it, and of course other countries would come and train on it as well. But boy, I'll tell you, when you watch these guys train on that track, they are it's just, it, like I said. I, I think the ultimate compliment is when you when you can watch somebody do their sport at the highest level, and to you it looks so easy that you're like, I could do that, and then then you then you try it or you realize, yeah, no, I can't. That that's like the ultimate compliment that that you. You know, ma- major sport look that simple when it's really not that simple. That's they great. That. That's awesome. Well, that 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 is the mad. I think we're at thirteen minutes or something. But thank you so <laughs> much, David, for your contribution. Those were well thought out, heartfelt answers, and and we appreciate that. But the reason why people come to our show in mass is because they come searching for some incredible wisdom from our remarkable guests. And, you know, we've had everybody from Diana Nyad, who swam from Cuba to Florida, to mm. Charlie Plum, who who served 2,103 days in the Hanoi Hilton. And and each one of our, our remarkable guests have been able to share, you know, these, these incredibly inspiring stories. But... But more importantly, they've been able to share some insight and wisdom that we believe is really helping an incredible amount of people out there. So, David, without further ado, would you please share your greatest never quit story or stories with our listeners? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I I probably got a few and and, uh, try to think of which ones are or which one I guess I can pick that would be the most meaningful to, to me as, as well. Um, that, you know, I, I think for myself, it, it just probably has to be what I've gone through as far as, uh, ha- having my accident. And, uh, so I, I had an accident in 95 where I was out on the beach and I got tossed by a wave and the wave, uh, when it broke, it, it slammed my body and jackknifed me basically and slammed my head into the ocean floor and that snapped my neck, which instantly paralyzed me. And that, that's 
how I became a quadriplegic. And uh, completely un, unaware of being a, having a spinal cord and, and what that meant or felt like or, or anything like that. And so uh, quickly was rushed to a hospital, got, got x-rayed and ER and all of that, and then had some, some surgery to repair the, the, spinal, the, the spine, not the spinal cord. And, uh, yeah, my, my family came down right away when it happened. At the time, I was living in Washington State, and they were as well. And so they all came down and, and, and were right there with me. And, and one of my best friends, he came over from the Phoenix area, and he was with me and my family. And I, I just think, you know, th- this life-changing event took place for me, and and. I had really no clue what it meant to have a spinal cord injury or, or uh, a, dis- a disability, for that matter. And um, I, I just remember that, like, having the, the love and the support of my family and friends there was, was such an important part of my recovery as, as far as moving forward with what's next in my life instead of focusing on what could have been or what was or, or what not. And so, so I, I just remember having them there and, and, and focusing on the moving forward part. And that, that was a large part in due, due, due to them being there and being supportive and, and actually treating me the same way and, and treating me as I was still me, David Wagner, not, not a broken version of myself. Um, and that, that really helped me realize that, that things can, you know, you can still be, still be moving forward. And so, so for me, just being surrounded by uh, friends and family that, that really, truly, honestly had my back and supported me um, and, and wanted the best for me. And, and that really stood out in, the, in that moment and uh, in, in those times. Now, that's not to say there weren't some seriously tough, rough times, right? So um, yeah, I can think back about, about times where when I first got hurt, my, my initial response as an athlete, as a, as a high school athlete and, and moving up into college athletics was, Oh yeah, you know, I had an injury. I'm going to overcome this and I'll get back on my feet and I'll be back to normal and, you know, I'll get better. I'll do all the rehab and I'll just be, be back to what I used to do without, without knowing all of that. Um, and so, so my goal was, you know, get, get transferred from UCLA Harbor view medical, to Spokane, Washington, where I did my rehab in St. Luke's Rehabilitation Center. But my objective or my goal was to walk out of St. Luke's re- rehab, right? And and uh, and so there, I, mean, I can just remember it clear as day. One one time, a, a rec therapist came in and she was talking to me and my mom about we were going to need to to get some things figured out and, and basically she started using the, the permanent word you know like we're going to need to get you a permanent wheelchair a, a, a permanent mm. parking wow. disabled parking mm. placard you know and permanent this permanent that and, and that was where like I just remember like thinking to myself what what the heck are you talking about this isn't permanent I'm, I'm walking out of here you know I'm, this, isn't, this isn't my life um, and I just remember like really breaking down and, and, and crying you know, when, when she left and just explaining that to my mom and my mom crying and breaking down and we just, we talked through it and then figured it, you know, you know, talked it out and, and realized that, you know, maybe this is a, a, a permanent situation. And if it is, what, what, how do we go about that? And what's, what's our next step? You know, it was never, it was never try to focus 
on what what was lost or what we didn't have. It was always just try to focus on, all right, well, what what, what happens now or what do we do next and how do we adjust? All right, so you're not walking, you're sitting, right? But But how do we go water skiing again or, you know, how do we surf or how, you know, how do you play tennis again for that matter, you know? So it was, it was always that, like, what's next mentality of, of, all right, okay, well, this is a kind of a crappy situation, but let's see what we can do. Let's see how we can make the most out of it. Do you think that that's a, that's a state that came easily to you trying to focus on what you can do proactively, how to move forward looking at, hey, these are my options, I, this may even possibly be a benefit of this, as opposed to what I would assume, not having gone through such a thing, looking at this and saying, I can't do this anymore, I can't do that anymore, my life is you know, worse for X, Y, and Z reasons. Did, uh, did you have to work at that? Was that a struggle? Can you talk a little yeah, bit more specifically about that? Yeah, you, you know, I don't... I, I, I never really felt like I had that super down moment where I turned, say, to, like, drugs or something, right, to, to, to take my mind out of reality or anything, and so, um, I, 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 I've all, I always just kind of was, like, in my life was, was, okay, you know, I mean, bad stuff happens, and we've all gone through some rough stuff, um, and, and you, you have a choice, right, you, you can accept it and, and move on with it, or, or you can, you know, I guess run from it, maybe, I guess is, is another way to, to deal with it. But I, I always, I guess, just took the challenges head on, and I didn't, I, I mean, we all, like I said, we all had rough things happen in our lives, rough stuff go on in our lives. No, no one has the, the picture-perfect life. Um, and mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't know where that really came from. I mean, I know, I know my mom was supportive. I know my family, the rest of my family was extremely supportive. My friends were supportive. Um, but I, I just don't ever recall. I mean, I, I remember, you know, two, two weeks in, three weeks in, I used to get some shots and they'd give me shots in my belly. Right. And, and, uh, I remember after every time they'd give me a shot, I'd be, Oh, thank you guys. Thank you so much. You know, to, to the nurses giving you shots. And you're like, they were like, God, oh, you're the only person that, you know, we inflict pain on and says, thank you. that's awesome I I guess I guess yeah so so I I just I guess it was just yeah just just the way it was I was raised or the way I was brought up was was to try to focus on on the future and what what you can control and do and and whatnot and um you know as you get older and, and you get involved in in this sport like I am now sometimes that changes and you you I do lose sight of that sometimes because I get so focused on, on, uh, the competition part and, and whatnot. But, but I think, yeah, back then it was just truly the love and support of, of my friends and family that, that helped me get through and, and mm. see that I'm still the same person. And, and while I can still, you know, do a lot of this, I, I, I still am able to do a lot of the same things, although I might be sitting down or I might be in a different capacity, but it's still doing what it is I enjoy doing and doing with my family and friends. And so I don't, I don't know if there was ever like a, you know, I don't think I read a book or anything that like, or anything like that that just made me go, Oh yeah, that's what I want to do. I think it was just the way I was raised and the way I was with my, my friends and family. 
That that's the second time you talked about the way you were raised. Can you describe those influences for us? What what kind of you know what was the home life like around competition and interaction and positivity? It sounds like that was a huge component of what was going on in your your home life. Yeah, you know, I I felt like so my my mom and dad separated when I was young. I was eight years old, and they separated um, then. And you know, that's never an easy time. My sister was six, so you know, she was even younger. So you know, it's never an easy time for for a kid when their when their mom and dad separate. Um, and we were living up in in the Northwest, and my my father moved back down to California. And and I, I mean. As as hard of a situation as that was to to have, you know, your your mom and dad separate from each other, um, it it was also my father was an extremely good out of the home father. He he was very attentive. He never you know he never passed on his visitation time. He never uh, didn't give support where support was needed. So that you know I I, I I'm thankful for him for doing that. And so then my sister and I lived with my mom and, and my mom was, was extremely, uh, supportive and, and, and wanted the best for, for us. And so she went back to school and she got her degree. She became a elementary, um, well, she became a, a PE teacher for a while. Then she moved on to school counseling and then she climbed up and, and became a, a school principal. So, I think just just the modeling that my mom showed me because I lived with her and my sister was was again again rough, rough things happen but but you don't just throw in the towel right you 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 okay what do we do next how do we go through this how do we move on and okay. and and how do you go on to the next phase of your life and and do what it is you enjoy doing and and so to watch my mom go from from you know, an unfortunate situation where the marriage didn't last to, to coming out of, out of that and raising my sister and I and, and having the support of my father who, who was an out of the home father. Um, and, and just, I just, I just feel like it was a very positive environment for, for us to, to grow up in. And so, yeah, just, I think that, modeling is what I saw you know my, my father went on and, and had a had a successful career uh, as well and so it 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 just showed me that, that even though things are tough and, and there are some rough times that, that you can go positive from from each direction from each each incident that happens so well based on on the your record and your bio that the wizard read and your intro, uh, a little bit ago, you not have you. Your positivity is goes beyond. You're one of the most co- accomplished athletes in history, in my perspective. <laughs> so That's pretty so, fair to say when you look at all literally, the you are you know the goat of your sport, right? And you've been doing it consistently and really with permanence in. in in its relative terms, since you decided to become, you know, the 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 best of in your class in your sport, what was the when did that ignite and and tell our listeners and us about that directional change and what happened in you 
in this drive and competitiveness that has enabled you to become the one of the best of all time <laughs> well thank you yeah thanks um yeah i mean it just it, it I, I always was into sports i really always was and that was just something i remember my mom wanted me to take piano lessons and I, I don't have anything against music i love music i'm not very musical but i remember she wanted me to take piano lessons and i remember my my piano instructor would say i had to practice uh a minimum of 30 minutes every day. And so I remember, well, it was like I say a Monday, right? And I, I said, screw that. I'm going to practice for two hours on Monday. And then I don't, then, you know, I've bought myself four more days where I don't have to practice. <laughs> so, so I could go out and play sports, right? So, so, and of course my mom reminded me that didn't work that way. So I, I ended up two hours one day and a half hour the rest of the day too. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I just have always been into sport and, 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 and again, it didn't really matter the sport. It just was sport and I enjoyed it. And I think when I, when I set myself to do something, I'm going to go for it all the way. I, I don't, I don't want to do something that I don't devote myself to it all the way. And, and, uh, and sport just happened to be one of the, um, outlets for, for myself, you know? And so, you know, I, I was extremely fortunate when I learned about wheelchair tennis. I, I learned from, at the time, was three of the best ever in the sport in the world. And and, and I learned from Dan James, who, who was our wheelchair tennis um, manager from the USTA. He started, basically built our program from the, the ground up. So I learned from him as well as at the time it was current world number one, Randy Snow in, in the men's division, um, as well as world number one, Rick Draney in the quad division. And so I learned at a camp put on by the USTA and the PVA, the Paralyzed Veterans of America uh, organization. And I learned right off the bat what it meant to, to them, what this sport meant. To, to them and and how passionate they were about the sport and and I fell in love with it got the itch couldn't couldn't get enough of the sport and I just decided I'd finish school so I finished up school took me two more years to finish up school and I made the choice do I play wheelchair tennis or do I go try to get you know to get a job with my degree and I chose the wheelchair tennis route and and I just speaking with my mom and, and family and members, I just said, you know what, I've got to give it a try and I, I got to go a hundred percent at it. And so I'm going to really dedicate everything I have to it uh, and, and see where I get with it. And I mean, I, 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 I don't regret it. Let's put it that way. So. <laughs> well, I, th I think you're jumping over a little bit there. I mean, by the time at that point you were already a, a pro or soon to be a pro and then within a couple of years, number one as far as the International Tennis Federation world rankings, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. I, I I started in in '99. I went to this this training camp where I learned from those guys, and I didn't play my first official tournament until 2001. Wow! And in 2001 is when I so I basically took two years to finish school and train, um, and just mm -hmm. basically, I mean. Those three guys probably were sick of me because I probably was every other day on the phone for hours with each one of them. What about this? What about this? How, how can I get better at this? How do I do this? You know, just picking their brains as, as to what it would take. And, um, and, and 
in 2001 played my first event and, and in I think it was April of 03 I reached the world number one ranking for, for the first time yeah and then and I've just been I mean I've been still training hard working hard keeping up with that as much as I can and and since 03 April of 03 I actually haven't dropped out of the top three in the world since getting into the top three that's so, <laughs> I, there, that's never yeah, happened so. in any other sport, right? No big deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't awesome. know. I mean, it's it's it feels good to, to say it, you know, not not to not to be tooting my own horn or anything, but it just feels good to know that that the hard work I put in and 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 the the, the attitude of, of giving it everything you have and and being supportive it has it pays off, and so it it is a good feeling to know that 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 is possible and that I achieved that. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely honored to, to have been able to stay at top for so long. Well, it's not tooting your own horn. If you're trying to tell somebody where your, what your rank is, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I'm just sitting yeah. over here. I just recently had a, a, one of the guys who pulled my butt off of that mountain was recently in a motorcycle wreck and, and is paralyzed from the waist down. And he's, getting used mm-hmm. to his chair and he's kind of going through mm-hmm. the the numbers right now so i'm just mm-hmm. letting you talk about anything and everything from the time it starts <laughs> to the time it because this guy's i mean he's all time i mean he's a military badass he's a johnny rambo kind of yeah. i mean an all-out oh, yeah. great guy and he's you know yeah. he's kind of bummed out and and uh as, as you, I mean, of course, you can get bummed out a little bit, but he's not sure. down. I mean, his sure. mind is so strong. I'm just as you're going through this, I'm like, man, there's so there's just a completely different life. As a, mm-hmm. I mean, there's one where you can walk through it, and there's one you can roll with style. That's why I told him, I'm like, hey, bro, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when yeah. you weren't doing it, when you weren't laying down, sitting down, watch TV, you were riding your motorcycle, right? So basically, you're on your yeah. cycle the not, entire time. And you're talking about <laughs> yeah, the BMX rolling with the, uh, I was like, man, I got to figure yeah. out a way to get you into a BMX frame in your wheelchair so you can do that track. I, I mean, go. have you even thought there about doing go. that? How much fun that would oh, be? Oh, yeah. I know you have because oh, yeah. you're an athlete. And- I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, uh, so I, I play some wheelchair rugby, right? And, and I've even like, we've even joked about putting my, you know, jumping up in my rugby chair and, and dropping in on the, on the ramp and just on the pipe, happens, right? Yeah. I, yeah, but I'm like, I'm like, I got to be done playing tennis if I'm going to do that because I, I yeah, don't exactly. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, I'm, you, you I'm, gotta, watching, I'm, watching, I'm watching those BMXers, man, and they're and they're pedaling down the ramp, right? They're pedaling as fast as they can down the ramp, and they sometimes don't clear that thirty foot gap. So I can't imagine me just coasting down the ramp is going to even come close to clearing. A come on, gap. David, so, you know, I know I you've try. seen. <laughs> I know you've seen Aaron Wheels fathering ham from Nitro oh, yeah. Circus and oh, his yeah. front flip he oh, did yeah. recently. Holy yeah. oh, cow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it is impressive. Yeah, it's awesome. They're very impressive. But again, he makes that look so easy that, that now kids and you know, myself included, we all watch it and we're like, geez, I could do that. Right? But but again, <laughs> the highest compliment the highest compliment to any of those athletes is is you've done something that is so incredibly difficult and turned it into looking so easy that the general public thinks they can do it. And, and yeah, and that, that's just, that's like the ultimate compliment to them as to how good they are at what they do. Well, one of the things that I think people can't really fathom is within tennis is the magnitude of commitment it requires, right? 
how many serves you got to serve, how many forehands, how many backhands, how many drop shots, how much additional training. I mean, it's a it's a comprehensive life commitment. And, you know, having worked with the USTA for a little bit now and starting to understand that level of commitment, because it's very similar to the level of commitment we require in the SEAL teams. Can you Mm. describe in detail for us like a training week for you, what that looks like? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, obviously, I think the difference, I think everybody would say the difference uh, as opposed to like SEAL training. I think it's a little more life and death in the SEAL training uh, (laughs) than it is at tennis because if I don't make, if I don't make that drop shot, I'm probably going to still be okay in life, right? (laughs) But if something goes wrong in in your SEAL training, you're out there trying to execute what you've been training and it doesn't go right, there's a little bit of a difference. So, um, you know, it, it, it definitely, it, it, it's important that, that we, we remind ourselves of that. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, a typical week for me would be, um, again, I, I'll get out on the court kind of in the morning. Not, 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 I'm not one of these, like, got to be out there at 6 o'clock in the morning grinding before everybody else type guys. I'm just get out there and do it. It uh, doesn't, doesn't really matter when you get out there. Just get out there and do it. And so I'm, I'm on the court a couple hours in the mornings and that that can consist of you know just just pushing my chair and and working on patterns around the court figuring out how to how to maneuver my chair easier around the court faster um as well as uh uh recovering and and getting getting from point a to point b uh, um and so that some, some days I'll, that'll be first in the morning um, lots of stretching, lots of band exercises to get loosened up, warmed up. And then, and then when it becomes tennis specific, so, so the, the difference between wheelchair tennis, able-bodied tennis, we have the two bounces. So when it, when it comes to, uh, tennis specific, uh, the strokes are the same. So, so having a coach feed you balls and you just, hit forehand after forehand after forehand after forehand so that it just becomes muscle memory essentially. Um, and, 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 and you can do it basically in your sleep. Um, then you move on to backhand, right? You do the same thing uh-huh. with backhand. Then you, then, then you move on to volleys Then you do the same thing with volleys. Uh, then, then you take overhead and then, and then you have half volleys, right? And then, and then you'll do serving. So, I mean, there's always, always something in the sport of tennis which is also one of the reasons i thoroughly love it is you can always improve on something that no no one is the perfect tennis player a hundred percent of the time and and so there's always anytime i walk off the court i i will always write notes about how i played or what i felt i needed to do better and uh and i'll go work on those things in my next my next practice session um so but but so that's part of what I'm working on when I when I'm out pushing, just doing a pushing session where it's just all right. How can I be efficient in my movement around the court? Now incorporate some some strokes into into that. When do I decide to come forward? Now tactics, you know. Now now after I've put it all together, now I, now I have a coach who says tactically yeah. this is the the way we want to approach this player. So I know you can push and and hit the ball in this direction. I know you can can recover and be ready for the next shot this way. Now I need you to, to slice this backhand approach shot deep to the, their backhand corner, and I need you to follow it in, right? So now it's the tactic part of the tennis. So, so I have 
all of that within a week's practice, and then it just turns around and cycles right back over. And and sometimes sometimes one practice day can be all of it in one, and other times it's just one aspect of it. Return of serve. I'm going to spend an hour and a half on return of serve. You know, just returning serve, um, and that's one uh. shot in a, in a tennis match. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, the details uh, with the greats, right? When you listen to people <laughs> describe the details of their profession, it really helps you understand the time that you've invested. You, you've invested in mastering your profession, mastering mm-hmm. your passion. <laughs> what are a few words you can give to our listeners at, that can help them come to understand? the the pathway that's out in front of them and you know as they're in their never quit moment as they're struggling to see the the end game if you will to understand that their situation is not permanent what is some advice you can give to our listeners that will help them begin to focus on these details Gosh, you, you know, I, I mean, I, I just have to go back to to what what I what I said earlier. You know, I, I was surrounded by family and friends who who fully, truly, honestly supported that. It was such a huge benefit to me to to have that life, and and you know, it it doesn't have to just be a friend or a family member. I mean, if 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 you don't have that in your family, there are other people in your life that, that are going through a similar situation, have gone through a similar situation, or know someone that's gone through a similar situation. And so, you know, you can always search out other other individuals for that support. Uh, and just know that, that you don't alone. And I think, I think knowing that is, is such a huge help for, for, for people. I know it helped me knowing that, that my, I guess you could call them team, of family and, and friend support was was a hundred percent behind me and and unconditionally loved me and and helped me get to where I am and I, I again I just feel like that made such a huge difference in my life that I think it can be beneficial for for everyone when you're in that moment of I'm not sure what I'm going to do or how I'm going to get through this or or what's next and and that that uh that that try not to quit moment right is is there and and to get through that and and for me it just happened to be that, that the, the love and support of my family and friends was was really what helped me get through it and then i i found an avenue to to be who i wanted to be through sport and and that really helped me get through it as well you know it, it doesn't have to be sport it, it could be uh, you could be into drama or acting or, or music <laughs> for that matter. You know, mm-hmm. you, whatever it is you find that, that helps you become yourself or get through that moment, uh, fully, fully go for it. Just, just take it by the horns and, and, and go with it and surround yourself with people that, that are positive and supportive in that same environment or in, for you in that environment and I feel like that that will will help you get through, um, and and uh, it, it helped me, and I I hope that it would help others. Awesome, 
That is fantastic. Yeah, thank Amen. You for that. Thank you so much, David. Before we hop off, where can people follow you, pay attention, website, Instagram? What how can people pay attention to your career and what you got going on in your life? Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean I've I've got the social media stuff. I've got Twitter. I've got a Twitter account. It's uh at Wagner Tennis is my Twitter account. I've got an Instagram mm-hmm. account and that's just David J. Wagner. And I've got a, a Facebook page uh, just under my name. Um, I, I have a, a regular page that I I do as well, and then I have a fan page as well. So um, either one of those is, is, is a great way to follow along. All three of them is a great way to follow along. Um, I also have my own website. Mm-hmm. It's davidwagner.us for United States. Um, you can go on there, and there, I think there's links to, to my social media there, and, and there's ways to contact me through there. Um, but uh, yeah, that that'd probably be the best way. Um, you know, the, the USTA webpage usually has some some wheelchair tennis stuff on there. If you're interested in playing tennis and, and you live in the states, the USTA webpage is a great resource. Um, as far as wheelchair tennis in the international level, um, the ITF International Tennis Federation is another great um, resource online. Um, ITFWheelchairTennis.com, I believe. Um, is is there and and that will have all kinds of information about wheelchair tennis uh, not just myself but all players uh, around the world um and where tournaments are being held and all of that so um but yeah in in the states it would be the usta uh, website and then i would get get affiliated and, and know that site well um but for myself yeah you can go to davidwagner.us or or follow me on any of those social media sites that is all awesome right. Well, thank you so much, brother. We really appreciate your time and for, uh, you know, giving yeah. a gap in your training day to come on and explain to us uh, no, no. your passion, your never quit story. We just really appreciate you. Thank you hey, so bro, much. Before you, before you get off, man, I just, I just, it's, yeah. it's always awesome to hear somebody who truly loves the sport in, in any capacity. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell when they can describe it like you can. And then just an <laughs> overall proponent of, of it around the world. And I, man, look, I, I was looking forward to you coming on here for so for a while because of what happened to my to the, the guys who pulled me off the mountain. Man, I'm gonna make sure that he listens yeah. to this day in and day out while he's going through every step of that. And the oh, fact that it is, it's what you love that that drives your mind and your body just kind of gets you there. And if if you lose your your the the, yeah. the the two feet version and you get some wheels and then you get to do it in style, right? And it's all about the mindset <laughs> right? of what you're yeah. you're going through yeah. life with, man. And if you ever get That's to the point really where you're gonna do that track. I, I want to be there. I'll ride it with you, man, because I'll wreck. You know, I'm, my back, I'm most of me's titanium anyway, so I'll just bend. And, and you know what, man? I mean, you, you, you already busted yours up, so the worst thing happens is, you know, it takes some maximum facial damage, all right? But, hey, man, God bless you, dude, and great, good luck in hey, thank everything. You. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for reaching out to me. And anything I can ever do to help out, just let me know. And, and uh, your buddy, if, if he needs to, someone to chat with that's been through it, you know, give him my information. I'll chat with him all day long about anything. Oh, hey, cowboy, let me tell you something. He if, he, if he gets down, so, I'm going to drag him down there to you. And he's going to have to start playing cool. tennis just, just to get him. <laughs> oh, there you go. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. We're doing let's get something. Him going. You betcha. Yeah, you betcha. All right, brother. And, and uh, you betcha. If he, can't, if he can't get down here where I'm at, get him over to that national campus. They've got a, they got a great program there, too. So. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, David. All right, uh, God bless you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. All right, you bet, guys.
Marcus, when you hear him talk about the details of tennis, and I know that sparked you, man. It got in. You were fascinated by how this guy approaches his sport, right? I didn't, I don't know about you, but I didn't hear anything like, oh, I'm in a chair. I have, you know, it's so much different. It's just, man, he's incorporated into his total mindset of success. Yeah, it's just, it's become a part of, <clears throat> the chair is a part of him. That's his wheels, man. That's his legs. Just, just like, I mean, I, a true student of the game. He can rattle off all that stuff and, and everything that he, and his accomplishments in every capacity and never once missing the fact that he was in that chair means that it doesn't have anything to do with it, right? I mean, it's with anything, man. You see past it. You get, you get in your hole, you hit it, you figure out how to get out of it, and this is how you're, what you're going to use to do it, and you push forward, power forward. It makes the mind twice as strong. I mean, that, that's what happened to him. And, it, and I just love listening to everything he had to go through in, in relation to because of what happened to my friend. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. huge, man. <laughs> As you're, and, and you know what the thing that really stands out, and it, it's not just him, Tanner Godfrey talked about it, uh, you know, all these people that have really gone through these immense recovery challenges, they all talk about the power of family. When you get hit that hard, you're going all the way down, and that's where you're falling back to. I mean, <laughs> big injuries like that, man, they whipped your ass all the way back home. <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you get yeah. hit, you go to your house. When you when you get hit real hard, you go back to mom. Literally, <laughs> wow. back to mom. Yeah, I've dude. been there. Me too, brother. <laughs> As a grown man. As a grown man. Recently, all the way back to mother. <laughs> and, uh, Holy cow! They always let you know everything's gonna be okay. Absolutely yeah. right, wizard. I mean, it's incredible. No, it's really incredible. You know what else really kind of got me about that was his two things. Was one just the power of enjoying the pursuit in life, and having a passion. Because as soon as he started talking the details of playing tennis, he just took off. Totally. He took off. He was, I mean, he was, he could, he could literally have talked about that for the next four hours, I think. And he's so good at it, and that's what happened. It consumed me, so all I was thinking about was tennis. But if you think about, wow, man, he's that good, and he's in that chair, that means in your head you can't imagine doing it if you were in the chair. Because it's that hard, right? And... To, to go through it like that, and he has completely went past that. Well, That's he kept not- saying, it's those that make it look easy, right? And this guy has four Olympics. Uh, Olympics. He's been champions in singles and doubles hey, since 2002. No, it. Man, dude, it looks yeah. like that thing has a motor. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, in his that, videos? That, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that guy is moving out. I, I thought I had a motor in the beginning. I was like, nah, man, it's it's all that. It's all him. Perpetual motion. That uh, was the interesting cool, man, thing. Man. He keeps going. I mean, when you when you watch him play, you just have to be impressed by how much of a strategist they must be, even beyond a normal tennis player. Mm. How much of moving that chair into position has to do with your success when your mobility is so restricted like that. Absolutely. And the other thing that was was very interesting was uh, immediately after the accident, he was talking about, you know, what are my options moving forward? What can I do now? Where am I going to go? As opposed to being focused on, gosh, you know, well, I can't accomplish this and I can't do that now. And my plans for life or the near future were totally ruined and everything's destroyed. I've never been in that situation, you know, uh, but it strikes me as... Just an incredible mindset to have, to be have the mental fortitude to be forward-looking. And I'm sure that that positive mental attitude had a profound effect on his recovery. 
But you can hear it in his you voice know? when he talks about his family. He talks about the passion of playing, man. I, I think David is is the the pinnacle example of of being passionate and enjoying what you're doing in your life, right? And if you're not finding it, go find something that will you will enjoy, you know. And who knows? Then then your the the limits are are stripped from you. And he's proved that in every way. Power of a purpose driven life. Yeah, well, absolutely, man. If you're back for more, what an epic, uh, what an epic show, man. We know you enjoyed that one. If you want to know more about the podcast, just visit the site at tnqpodcast.com. Uh, if you want to listen, we've got all our shows there, every show from start to finish. Uh, you can also follow us uh, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Castbox, Spotify, and Stitcher. Pretty much every podcast platform uh, for your mobile device, laptop, or desktop. You can find us out there. If you want some of the TNQP uh, merchandise, just visit the the site. We've got new hats and shirts and everything to follow us. Uh, you can follow the show at TNQ Podcast, the team at Team Never Quit, at Marcus Luttrell, at The Wizard TNQ, at Team Frog Logic. All right. Our favorite part of the site and about what's going on when people hear these amazing stories and these never quit lessons learned is when they work up their own courage to to write in, to join our community. And that's really what Marcus's intention was from the beginning, to create a space, to create a community for people to come and share their pain, share their suffering in a way that benefits other people. And so without further ado, here's a story from one of our listeners. This is from Luca. I want to start off by thanking you all for everything you have done, both in your military career as well as outside of it. You have truly helped me wake up my true self in passion. My story starts as a child, too young. I moved to the good old U.S. of A. from Romania in 2006 when I was seven years old. Living in Chicago was no easy task, surrounded by bad influences. When I was 12 or 13, I was pressured into the cool thing quotations and taking pills. I started my long road of, of struggle, depression, and addiction to Xanax as a 13-year-old. This plagued me until the 4th of July of this year, but more on the reason for that later. My addiction developed more on a weekly basis until I was no longer myself and I had no more morale, energy, or will to survive and thrive any longer. My lowest point was as an 18-year-old. I was slipping from re my reality, and my body was taking the toll. I sustained many, many injuries due to carelessness, including seizures, and almost severed my thumb, six fractures below the ankle on my left foot, as well as a broken arm. I had no burning fire inside me at that point, and I slipped into a depressive state beyond belief. I did not pay attention to the world, and the world paid no attention to me. On the 4th of July in 2018, I had a realization. What in the world am I doing? I'm in the greatest country on the planet, and I'm throwing away my opportunities in life. I decided to take my American strength, yes, American not Romanian or anything else, and reignite the burning fire that I once that once burned inside of me, inside all of us. I quit the pills, and the following months were the toughest of my life. The never-quit mindset was the only thing that kept me alive and pushed me to thrive. 
I always did well in school, and I went from a loser to a passionate young man with very sharp with a very sharp mind by applying to Purdue University for aerospace engineering. I got in, and I am currently writing this from my dorm room. I listen to your podcast daily to motivate me to keep the fire going. I am truly living the American dream now, and I thank God every day for being able to live in this country, being protected by the strongest, most courageous men and women on the planet, our military. Thank you for your movement, and thank you for the guidance you have given me without even knowing who I am. I am applying to the multiple interests I am applying to multiple internships regarding the defense of our great country and will not quit until I achieve my dream. Luca, that is awesome. That's badass. Thank you so much for writing that in and sharing with all the young people out there just how easy it is to get your life turned around, to get it on track, to get on point, to get your wheels going so that you can experience the greatest things that life have to offer. Man, David Wagner, thank you, brother. Thank you for coming on. I'm so happy that our friends at the USTA served us the name, your name, and you came on and shared your remarkable experience. I want to thank God, Christ, Jana, the girls, my family, you guys, most especially all our listeners. Thank you so much for allowing me to achieve my dream. Yeah, look a good job, man. You you kind of got the formula of what it takes to to go into something bad and come out of it. And throughout life, man, stuff's still going to come at you, and and that's the formula. Now you know it. I mean, and every thing that comes into your life that is kind of like a bad breakup. You know, you get in a relationship with something eight eight what ten days, anything longer than you're supposed to hang out with it. You get real attached to it. When you do try to break up with it, man, it's painful. And you know, after a while, you just you forget about the pain. You remember only the good times. And sometimes people fall down and revisit the old hat, right? Been hearing that a lot. So always remember that. Always remember that, yeah, man, you had some good times with it, but when I'm with you, I have too much of a good time and kind of just hang back and just remember the good memories, right? And as you push through life, when those come at you, now you know where you stand and how far you can go down and how fast you can come back up. And David, man, thanks for all those pearls of wisdom, man. I truly appreciate that. I I, uh, I know my buddy Bo, man, he, he's, he's coming in the beginning of... of getting his new wheels and uh all all that information you pass it has nothing to do with tennis man it's the it's the mental mentality and how far you push yourself because he's just like that every little step that you took and every one of your accomplishments uh, he's wired the same way in that sf mentality and i, I know that'll be real beneficial um, for him so thank you for that man to the holy family thanks for letting us do this to my family i love you so much and to the listeners who keep bringing us back you guys are, are something else man god bless y'all love you i'm out out Never quit. Never quit.